Well, hey, everybody, what is going on? We are back with another weekly episode of You, Me, God podcast. And uh, this is all based on our series at Hope Church called You, Me, and God, where we're looking at the Enneagram. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited today to have my friend Adam DeWinowitz with us. What's going on, Adam? Not too much. I do it, Tom. <laughs> I'm glad that you're here with us today because, um, you know, each week we've tried to interview different people who um, identify with different numbers on Enneagram, and you are an Enneagram too. In fact, I, I quoted you a little bit in my message yesterday, so I appreciate you doing that. A lot that. of it. A lot of it, yeah. Well, there were some great things you had to say, and I wanna, I'll get into some of that in a bit. But um, I guess the first thing I want to just hear from you is like, when did you first hear about the Enneagram? Kind of like, what was your introduction to it? And then maybe the, the second part of that question is, how did you know, like when you started like going through it, what were like the identifiers for you? But again, how did you come across it? So the first time that I had heard about the Enneagram was actually in your life group okay. that I was part of. Plug for life groups, get plugged in. Yes. Um, you will get a lot out of them. Um, so in the study that we did in in the life group was the first time I had ever heard of the Enneagram. Okay. And I really liked the fact that the book that we read, um, The Way Back to You, has that biblical piece to it, right? It mm -hmm. talks about the, the, the deadly sin of, mm -hmm. of each of the numbers. It's not just a, a book that's specific to like a, a psychology basis. So um, had never heard of it before. Um, you know, had taken other personality tests prior, mm -hmm. but had never, never done the Enneagram um, or, or even read about it. And it was funny because as we went through that book, I like, I think everybody responds to it. They immediately start to thumb through the pages and, and check the first page of every chapter. Like, yeah. where am I? Right. And I ran into the seven, which, you know, when you get to the seven, the seven's all about avoiding conflict and going and having fun. And I'm like, well, I'm that type of person. I like to go and have fun. Right. Those types of things. And my wife had read through the book and she had already read all of the chapters through. Like she just took it and observed it. She's like, you're not a seven. And I'm like, ah, I'm a seven. And then when we got to the two, I think like most people who do an Enneagram study or like the folks that are in the audience here today um, uh, are probably realizing as we go through week by week, your number hits you. Yeah. You're, not, you're like, ah, crap. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> when no, the it number does. hits you. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> because it resonates so strongly with you. And, you know, as we've talked about in, in reading through the book, too, that it's almost kind of the stronger the resonation, probably the more unhealthy you are because it's the, mm. it's the unhealthy behaviors that mm -hmm. really point out what your number is and what your personality type is. Um, so I think if you are struggling to figure out what your number is, it probably is good. To yeah. some degree, because it means that you're kind of in between your your primary and relaxed number. But and it's and it's really interesting. There's a lot you just talked about in there. So first of all, I do remember that life group, and it was like the next week, people were all saying, "Yep, that's me, that's me." And I kept saying, "Like, slow down, get through them all." But people were really <laughs> jumpy and anxious on that. Um, shout out to that life group. Um, uh, but I think most of them hold up. But I, I will say too, also. Um, for someone like me, and I think for others that even when I talked to, I was talking to somebody yesterday, like it takes a while to find out because we do reflect a lot of different numbers often. Yeah. And I, and so I'm saying all that to say, I do like what you just pointed out there of like, one of the things I, I have to keep going back to in this series and keep reminding people of is 
health, health, health is what we're after. Ultimately, that's the ideal because when we're healthy versions of ourselves, we do find ourselves in a lot of yeah. different numbers, right? Yeah. So I like how you said when you're unhealthy, sometimes maybe that's the trigger. It's like, oh my goodness. And and for that reason too, like the person I talked to yesterday, I don't want to be that number. Right. 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 And that's, you, you really point something out that's really important there, right? Is that when you're healthy, you're not only straddling between whatever your primary number is and the number that you move toward or the traits mm -hmm. that you take on, mm -hmm. right? When you're relaxed, but you're also exhibiting traits of your wing. Right. Right. So there's really three numbers that you can at any given time be made up of. Yep. And exactly. if you're in a really good place, it can be difficult sometimes to discern what your number actually is. Yeah. So again, let's, because I want to keep, I said yesterday, rote and repetition. I'm all about that. So one of the things we want to keep teaching about the Enneagram, but we want to keep it simple for people is everybody has a wing, which yes. is the number on either side of us. Yep. So as a two, you're going to either be a one or a three. Tell us Correct. what your wing is and, and what that's all about. So my wing is a one. The okay. perfectionist. And I know that my wing is a one um, primarily because I have uh, perfectionist tendencies, right? Versus the role of the performer, which is the three, uh, which under stress just kind of. And by the way, Adam Adam does know what he's talking about here. Too. We've <laughs> talked about this so much, but yeah. So is the one, right? The one needing needing things like order, yeah, right? In caring about, um, you know, justice. Uh, in in ways that's like, well, is it is it ethical, mm -hmm. right? Or or do you do something or not do something just because it's the right thing to do? Yep. Right. Those resonate very strongly with me. Versus the threes, kind of just go get it done, blast through, yep. under stress. Those those don't really and adjust with to me. kind of who who people want them to be, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah, that's something the that's yeah. something that's very opposite of me. Yeah. Right. I am a take me or leave me. Yeah. Love me, don't love me, I don't care, but I'm not going to be someone I'm not going to be yeah. um, for you if I if I perceive that. So I'm very much not a three in that way. Yeah, so that's I'm very good. much a one. So again, and then the second thing you talked about is you go to a one number when you're really healthy. Well, you, you exhibit a lot of the traits of that number, and then when you're unhealthy, you go to a number. So yeah. I know that the unhealthy side of the two is an eight. Yes. Which we did talk about that's the challenger yep so what does that look like for you when you're unhealthy <laughs> so under stress right typically yeah. twos i i have found even other people that i know are twos and i've been able to identify several people oddly enough i think because we're all like-minded they're very close friends mm -hmm. right um even people that i still kind of counsel as a friend uh, to this day through things we're all very much the same we help 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 but as you pointed out uh, in the sermon there's this innate expectation that isn't always um, it isn't always acknowledged mm -hmm. of wanting that level of effort poured back into mm -hmm. us, right? Mm -hmm. And for the most part, we know it's there, but we it's not like it's it's acknowledged or it's intentional. And other people don't always see it. So what typically happens is when we reach that point of feeling like we are being taken advantage of it usually exhibits itself in one of two ways. And it, and it has in my in myself in the past, passive aggressiveness mm -hmm. or over aggressiveness, mm -hmm. right? So I've had, you know, a passive aggressive past where I just, you know, whatever. And that's very manipulative, mm -hmm. right? Um, the the other way is usually like, like I talked about and you you read part of it um, in, in the sermon is that, you know, getting into arguments, getting into fights, 
having very black and white, you know, my way or the highway. Yeah. And if you don't like it, yeah, too bad. I'm gonna stick you with it anyway because yeah, yeah. I'm at the point where I feel like you deserve it. Yep. Now in health, and I'm gonna come back to that in a second because there's a couple of things I want to point out there. But in health, um, a two goes to the good side of the four. The good side of the four. Yeah. So talk about that. What that might look like. So what that looks like in the four, which you haven't gotten to yet. Right? Nope, I that's uh, this coming Sunday, I believe. Right. So the the and I forget what the fours. Uh, um, the individualist or romantic. Individualist. Yeah, yep. the romantic. So, um, that number I identify with because as as folks will see, it not only the individualist piece of it, right? That side of it has very creative aspects, mm-hmm. right? Um. I have very creative aspects, whether it's in my work, you know, woodworking, those types of things. But more so recently, right, and you know, I've taken on learning how to play guitar, mm-hmm. something I've always wanted to do, mm-hmm. right? And I have only felt the desire to not be attached the way the two likes to be to other people. Yeah. And instead find some inner... Um, yes. some inner joy and some yes. inner love by learning something new and expressing that's so good that's what side. I was gonna say because I because we often or twos often get so hung up on events or people that right they doing don't, all the time they do 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 that they don't have that personal thing whether it's hobbies or even like you said time with God things like that that really yeah. uh to struggle with so um I so so when I so as Carrie and I have like talked about this series way from the beginning, you know, we chose numbers that we had some kind of connections to either we were that number or mm-hmm. our wing was that number, or we have people in our life, that number. So, so I'm at Enneagram one wing two. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I would love to talk about twos because I, I, I think I lean pretty heavy on the two side actually. Mm-hmm. But as I, and, and so, and then, and so then also <laughs> with the Enneagram and I, Again, I, I've talked to enough people and read enough things and seen enough uh, discussion where sometimes there are numbers that people don't want to be, yes. like in like an eight. And we talked, yes. like we talked about that because people are like, I don't want to be the challenge. I don't want to be that aggressive in your face right. person. And the two seems like a number like everybody wants to be. Oh yeah, I love helping people. Whatever. When I was doing this message and preparing for it, I was so struck by the shadow side of the two, like. Yeah. Like, I feel like I was a little bit of a downer yesterday, but I do feel like God gave me a word, like a word for people, but it was so strong for me. Like there was, there's a lot of, it's tough being a two. Like, I I know we have this cheerful disposition and we'd like to help others, but there's this thing where we think we are indispensable to people. Like I said, we think we're the savior. Yeah. That is a tough place to be. Yeah, and I think you did a really good job with the message, right? Because for the two, um, unlike I think where the three is a little more manipulative because it is more of a chameleon trying to be what mm-hmm. other people, what they perceive other people want them to be, mm-hmm. and it's overt. Twos, it's it's not. Mm-hmm. It's almost like twos do it by accident or they, they do it without thinking about it, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, there is a dark side. It's almost like a... In a, in a person who's a two that's really unhealthy, it's almost like a quiet hell, mm-hmm. right? Because you you don't, and especially if you're not clued into the Enneagram, you don't realize what you're doing or why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You just know that you're tied emotionally to it in such a strong way that you're not sure 
if it's wrong or even how to change it, mm-hmm. right? And that's a really, really big. Well, piece the other of thing it. too is it, what it's it's almost ironic if that's the right word because twos are looked at the helpers. Yeah. It's about other people, but that triad, which is another thing we want to just note that Enneagram works in triads. It is a part of the heart triad or the people triad, like the twos, the threes, and the fours are the most people oriented number on the Enneagram. Correct. Um, and so that, that, um, that dichotomy, that irony, that it's, it's about other people on the outside, but on the inside, there's this people pleasing element. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just a, it's just a funny thing. Like it's a funny thing to work through sometimes people desperately. And I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I know a lot of twos and it sounds like they they need, they need affirmation. They need to be needed. Yeah. So it becomes very much about themselves at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what's the word, right? When you have, when you have two opposing things together, there's a, there's a term for that. It's, it's escaping me now. Like true lies. Right. yeah, Yeah. Um, it's very much like that for two, right? Twos are very genuine in their desire to help. Mm-hmm. What they don't realize is that it's also very selfish, mm-hmm. right? So you have this dichotomy that's there that isn't one overriding the other. It's very outwardly helpful, but in a very selfish way. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a quiet self. In um, unhealth. In unhealth. In unhealth. Yeah. It's a quiet um, selfishness that you you don't realize is there. What struck me the most when we read the book, I think when I got there, was the was what it says about pride. Because I don't feel that I'm a prideful person. In fact, I've always thought of myself as the opposite. Mm-hmm. Right? I've always thought of myself, even in... I'm one of those people that when when there's successes that I may have been part of or led groups as a as a youth, you know, youth coach um, or as a high school sports coach too, I'm always the person who wants the other people to celebrate. Mm-hmm. I almost shy away from and don't want um, recognition or accolade for that as a coach or even when I was a player. Um, so that's interesting, right? Because you you shy away from it. That's what I mean. Is it's very it's it's like this quietness about it. So I never thought that I I was a prideful person. But when they point out that the pride is in everyone else needs help, except for you. And, and the thing is, is right? it's not except for us. We know that we need help. At a deeper level, what it really is is we don't feel that God loves us enough for us to be able to accept the help, mm. like. It's, it's disingenuous of us because we're such broken people that mm-hmm. we have a hard time even accepting God's help from a, from a standpoint of, again, when you're unhealthy, from a standpoint of what value do I bring? Mm-hmm. I have no value. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I pointed out to you in the response to your questions, for twos, for myself uh, in particular, you know, in the past when I've been unhealthy and, and going through this, being part of this church, going through the Enneagram and, and other things has been really helpful to get me to a much uh, healthier place. There is a dark side to twos that are unhealthy where they feel that they are so unloved or such broken people that even God cannot redeem them. Mm-hmm. And that's really important because being connected to your faith, being connected to a church, being connected to, you know, whether, you know, you, you've read the Enneagram or not, but being connected to this this inner 
exposure that you talk about, right? Outer mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. and, and then inner really opens you up to a place to understand that God created you. God, you, you're, you are his image and he loves you just the way you are. As broken as you are and as doubtful about his ability to love you for how broken you are, he still loves you. Yeah. Christ went to the cross regardless. Yep. And that's that's such a big piece to help bring you out of a place where, you know, you you feel like that. Mm -hmm. And so as I've gotten healthier, um, in my two, it's become easier to set boundaries. It's become easier to tell people, no, I can't do that, right? Mm -hmm. Or I can't do that right now. Because there's this, when a two wants to help or somebody asks for something, it's like, we just want to drop everything right now and go do it, mm -hmm. right? Um, even if people are like, you yeah, know, worry about it. Like, you can do it next week. We're like, oh, I can be there tomorrow or I can be there today, right? Um, it's easier to find calmness mm -hmm. because for a two, life is very erratic that way. Mm -hmm. And it's a constant state of being erratic. Yep. Um, when you're unhealthy. So you, you get to find boundaries and find slowness, be able to express. You know, and I think this is maybe a good point to kind of reiterate for people who aren't twos and maybe are listening to this. Because um, I, I will say, I have found myself with you as we've become friends, you know, over the years and, you know, you're a multi-talented guy. And I'll say, hey, Adam, I need help on this thing because I know you can do it. And I have had to be very conscientious over the last couple of years of like, I'm not just calling Adam to yes. do this because he will say yes. And I know you're a busy person. And and I will say for so for people that are not primarily a two kind of on the outside of that, I think I, I will say it's another reason why I'm just a fan of digging into something like this. Again, whether it's Enneagram or not, but it helps me be a better person towards my friends, yeah. my family, because I don't want to put you in that position right? because I could totally take advantage of that or someone could take advantage of that, whether that's a spouse or even a child. I mean, yeah. we could get so caught up with doing things for our kids and doing, doing, doing right? That we yeah. become unhealthy people. So I don't know. I, I just would throw that out there and say, I, I think that that's a point for me too of just being more aware of who I ask, how I ask, when I ask. Yeah, I think you know? I put, you know, you had a question about that, right, uh, when you sent me the questions. And I think that that's a really important point for other numbers. Twos will, will go out of their way to, to help you. So if you know a two and you, and you want to help that two, it's okay to ask. Always give that person an out. Yeah, yeah. Right, give that person an out. Give that person Right, because I don't want to make the decision for you because that's a right. part of how you serve God and serve others too, right? So that is that is a great point. Like, so so being healthy, this is great. Um, so being healthy, again, you need to have boundaries to be able to stand up and say, no, nah, Tom, I can't, right. I can't help you on that project. Have right. you thought about this or something? Right, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. giving an out, like, yeah. hey, can you help me with this? But if it's not, okay to say no. It's okay, yes. Or if not, I, I've got two or three other people yes. I've asked. Yes. That helps it to start to set boundaries and that's adhere really to boundaries. And, and get to a place that's healthier rather than just feeling like they constantly need to say yes. Mm -hmm. So boundaries boundaries are, are key in, in being an accessory or a person that helps them learn to set those boundaries. Yep. By giving them an out to set that boundary is, is really helpful. And, you know, someone was asking me, or again, in a conversation I had with somebody after church yesterday, just encouraging people. Like, you never... You never um, 
ultimately get there, no matter what number you are. No. In other words, what I'm saying, this whole thing is a journey. Like your whole life, you're going to struggle with setting boundaries. That's, yeah. my, that's my point. Yeah. Um, I mean, all of us do on some level, again, no matter what number you are, maybe, but especially for a two. So it's not like we're like, oh yeah, I got that now. I understand how to set. No, that's always going to be a struggle for yeah. you. Another thing, and again, I don't know if this is true in your case, but what I've seen a lot in twos is, and, and I guess in, in a sense it is a boundary, but just being enablers. And I, and I mentioned that yeah. yesterday too, that it would tend to be people who really have a hard time saying no, end up enabling people in their life and it's not helping them. Yes. I was that person for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, therapy, faith helped me get out of those places. Mm -hmm. um, because again, you have, you have thoughts about enabling that are reinforcing loops for what your, what your own desires are mm -hmm. to feed yourself emotionally, mm -hmm. right? Um, feed yourself off of helping other people. Right. Right. And so getting out of that. Right. It's learning, almost mutually, it's almost mutually beneficial. It, it, absolutely. Well, at least it's, in your mind, in an unhealthy way. It's yeah, codependent. It's codependent. Yes, yes. Right. So getting out of that codependency and learning to feed yourself emotionally with God. Yes. Um, and and feed yourself with with things that aren't uh, where you don't feel depended on, mm -hmm. right? Is really really another or piece of, that of you own too. someone else's issues, problems, struggles. That's correct because you will do that. Yes, you will you will see yourself as contributing to their problems if you don't help. Yeah, <laughs> which the reality there is you have to recognize that God is walking that person down their own path and it's not yours yes. to lead them down. Yes. Right. Just like it's not for you to be the savior for everyone. Yep. Right. I mean that, that hits. So, right you out. know, it's interesting. This thought just hit my head. Um, there's a book and we've recommended it. Um, again, if you go to our website, cthope.com slash Enneagram, we have a bunch of resources there and, and there's a book that we recommend called the Enneagram goes to church. And it's very fascinating. Um, because, you know, you have like the road back to you and others that talk about the actual, like, um, uh, the number for the person and you work through that for yourself. But this book takes a different angle of like when a pastor is a certain number, this mm. is what it might look like in the way they teach right. or lead their church. Um, another thing they talk about is, um, you might take on, like your church could take on the personality of a, of a number, number as well, right. which is fascinating. So I'm going somewhere with this. Mm. So sometimes I think, because, because again, helping, helping is a great thing. I really mean, like we need, we need you and yeah. you need us to need you, but we do need yeah. you. But sometimes churches have enabled people. Yeah. In other words, one of the problems, if you allow me to get on a soapbox for a second, uh, won't be news to you, but one of my issues as a pastor in this day and age, and I would say especially in the last five years, is I, I have seen, I believe, we have contributed, we have enabled people in their spirituality, their spiritual walk, by saying, you know, um, or or at least by, inf you know, make, uh, helping people infer, like, um, we'll help you with this. We'll, we'll help you with all of this. You know, here are mm -hmm. the answers to this issue. Here are the answers to this problem you have. And what it is, is it's not allowed people to really figure that out, stand on their own, go to God, 
um, you know, find other help. Like, in other words, the church can't be the savior right. to all people either. That's my point. Right. Um, and when you think about it through that grid, it's very interesting because I am, you know, my whole heart is that people are able to grow up in Jesus um, to be people who are self-feeders and able to mm-hmm. turn and, and, and help other people not rely on the pastor right. or the life group leader right. or the church right. to have all the answers or to bail them out in their issues and problems. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And in fact, as a, as a former life group leader, that is, that's, a, that is a, um, that's a fine line you have to walk, mm-hmm. especially as a two, because you can find yourself kind of dictating the solutions mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to ask more questions and let people sit with those questions, sometimes sit with God you yes. know, longer and find resolution for themselves in those. So it's more about planting the seeds rather than, than giving the fruit. And it's so why we do a series like this. Because right. we're trying to, to build spiritually and emotionally healthy people. Correct. Um, so anyway, that was a little soapbox moment, but yeah, well, I think you, you know, you, you bring up a really good point there that I think, uh, you know, especially in this day and age where we are, we're more divided than ever. And I, I think that mm-hmm. that, that goes with churches as well. It goes mm-hmm. with religion, 100%. not faith, but with, with religion, maybe faith as well. Um, churches can find themselves in a place that they don't want to be and shouldn't be very quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and again, I think that that has to do with, um, you know, it has to do with pastors. It has to do with leadership, the types of numbers that they are, and whether they are allowing um, subconsciously, you know, the, the church to slip into taking on a particular number or a particular set of values around a number versus all of the values and all the numbers that God gave us, yep. right, and all the spiritual gifts. And again, that's why we need everybody, because again, we talked about this, I think, a little bit last week, but. Um, I could I could read a verse Correct. from the stage and you are going to hear it through a lens that is very different from the person sitting next to you. In other words, one of your lenses is you see everything through a lens of need. Right. Right? Yep. Whereas somebody else might see something through a lens of power or a lens of um, creativity or whatever that might be. And I think that's, again, the beauty of why God created us so uniquely different because we need all of those lenses. Right. We bring balance to one another. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, factionalizing ourselves where we are, are in groups with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, again, as we see today in society, um, you know, faith and, and religion aside, just look at the echo chambering that's going on everywhere. Yep. People are, are grouping themselves together in, with like-minded people. And unfortunately, it is, it's shutting down the ability to have diversity of thought and have... In, in our, you know, in this case, what we're talking about is diversity of faith, mm-hmm. right? Um, differing points of view or, or differing understandings of God's teachings or, you know, Christ's teachings or their word in, in application. So I think some of that is fixed. Mm-hmm. But to your point, I think for everybody, they interpret it differently, mm-hmm. right? And so instead of or understanding Or I would say they act on it differently. It, right. Maybe they, you know, again, interpretation is, is key, but... But they see a value in a in a scripture in a teaching that right. the other person might not see, and so they That's bring correct. that into the application of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
So um, understanding your numbers and understanding how this works. This is a great sermon series for that. Yeah. Well, and again, I, I got to be, because we could talk forever. We could be here for yes. two hours and just talk yeah. church and God and Jesus. Um, but let's let's be a little more practical on the daily too. Um, a two at work. What does that what does that look like for you? What have you learned along the way now that the Enneagram has, has shined some light into your life personally? Uh, what what are the dangers for a two maybe work as as a boss, as an employee? Um, and maybe some of the behaviors you've changed over the last few years because you've again you've you've learned more about yourself. Yeah. So as a two-wing one, right, as an employee doing things the way that you know they need to be done, but then when somebody asks you to do them a different way or Ooh, yeah. somebody tries to do it a different way, it can be very frustrating, <laughs> yeah. right? And that's yeah. the one side of like, that is not the way that it gets done, yeah. Yeah. right? And, and that's really born out of an innate, um, it's, a, it's an innate um, fear of failure, mm-hmm. right? In the two, that mm-hmm. you're going to let someone down, mm-hmm. right? Especially mm-hmm. for a two wing one. As a boss, what I have learned is again much like being a sports coach i provide a lot of room for my employees to um to learn from their own mistakes mm-hmm. right and i leave my door open i give them guidance and mentorship but ultimately i don't give them the answers mm-hmm. and i'm open with them about that like i want you to fail or mm-hmm. i'm gonna let you fail i'm not gonna let you fail so big that it's gonna be earth shattering but you're only going to learn just like we as Christians only learn through our failures, mm-hmm. right? We don't grow. God you know, never promised us that we were going to grow if the times were always rosy and great. Yeah, we, right? we It's when it's the worst that right. we grow the most. So as a boss, I give my guys the room to grow, the room to make mistakes. I celebrate those mistakes, right? And, and that's where the healthy side of my two, um, again, I don't get fed by their success necessarily as a healthy two. An unhealthy two might, um, but an unhealthy two might also want to take some of that on for themselves, that success. As a, as a healthy two, I, I revel in the fact that they're doing well and that they're exploring you know, their own possibilities and their own boundaries. And I just keep setting the stage and setting the table, so to speak, for them to be able to mm-hmm. continuously try, fail small, grow, and try again. Yeah. How about in the house? How about in the home as a as a husband, father, like um good things of being being a two, potential pitfalls of being a two. Yeah, so so good things about being a two usually is, you know, the ability to to again help get things done, be a jack of all trades. I would be willing to bet that most twos are somewhat of a jack of all trades in some skill set, mm-hmm. right? Because they're trying to please so many different people at different times that they develop these skills really rapidly. So in the house, yeah, getting stuff done, being helpful, helping my wife, you know, whatever it is, chores, projects, um, you know, whatever needs done in the house. My wife is a six, right? And you'll get to that, but she's the more analytic side, the, the structured side. So where twos can be somewhat unstructured, she brings really good balance there, mm-hmm. right? And we have a very good relationship because, because we have that balance. wasn't always that way. A lot of times back when I was enabling, she would call me out mm. and force me to set boundaries, mm-hmm. which was, was difficult. It was painful. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times that we would get into arguments and I'd try and manipulate her into my way of thinking mm-hmm. versus just accepting the boundary and, and facing that fear of mm-hmm. letting another person down. 
Um, so that can be a pitfall if, if you're not recognizing it, not healthy. But I got to a point where I asked her to just keep pointing it out to me mm -hmm. so that I could see it right. And, and it was painful, but it took time. And, and I eventually learned to stop doing it. With children as a, as a, as a you know, father, um, it has been the same type of walk. It's been very balanced. Um, there's things that I bring that she does not. Um, but there's also the ability to be easily manipulated by your kids because they want something, you want to help. There's an innate desire to say yes. Mm -hmm. Twos more than anybody have an innate desire to say yes versus no. Right. So kids right. pick up on that stuff pretty quick and they can manipulate. Right. I think the, the benefit side to being a two is, and I think the book talks about this, twos typically are the most um, emotionally intelligent, right, mm -hmm. of that of that um, heart triad. So we probably are the best when there's, there's a situation where, you know, from a child standpoint, they've got something going on. Yep. Right? I've got teenage kids now. They don't always want to talk to their parents. I know when something's going on. I know. I can feel it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think twos, if you're a two, that resonates with you probably. Someone can mm -hmm. walk in a room and you immediately know something's not right. I'm going to um, interject here for really, real quickly. One of the things that I've learned is um, I think of all the Enneagram numbers, I want to say, I could be wrong on this, I think about 11 or 12% of people identify as twos, but well over half of them are typically women. So it's a smaller percentage of men that are typically twos, which was just fascinating. I don't yeah. know if it means a whole lot other than that whole, like, I think um, as parents, women tend to be more nurturing. Yeah. Um, so it, it is, it, I, I, that's a really interesting dynamic probably in your house where you have um, – Sheila, who's probably a little bit more analytical, maybe a little bit more yep. big picture, step back, and you have maybe a tendency to be a little bit closer. Yeah. Uh, but uh, still, uh, kind of like guys are guys too, so we tend to be a little bit more distant. So that's a kind of a weird, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely we're in the minority, right? Because yeah. guys are kind of less emotional and and they're more just, you know, they, they kind of act on, on instinct. Um, whereas women are typically, you know, more emotional society has always seen them more as the caretaker, right? But I think that there's place for men in there too. Oh, absolutely. And God certainly shows that to us absolutely. With, with the two. And yeah, in our house, there are, uh, you know, there's times where, you know, if one of the kids is struggling with something, my wife is the one that's giving out the more analytical point of view of things. Gotcha. But while I'm sitting there and she's giving the analytical view or asking analytical questions, I'm almost answering for the child, like, here's the emotional reason why, you know, she can't explain something to you gotcha. because she's not mature enough in that yet. But I know what she's feeling and what she means. Gotcha. Right. We're plugged into that very, very strongly. Um, and usually because we, we have felt it in our own childhood. Yep. Right. So, um, yeah, that, that's one of the benefits, I think, of being a parent, female or male, with a two, is that if you want to be plugged into how your kid is feeling, um, let alone anybody else, but your kid or, or your spouse or anybody in your immediate family, twos, twos are the people that really feel that, um, that connection, emotional yep. connection to everyone and anyone. Yep. Um, 
we have to wrap up because our time is almost done. I will say one of the reasons why I know I lean strong into my two side is when I'm with somebody, doesn't matter who it is or if I welcome someone into my house, I want to make sure that they feel comfortable and safe and loved. And again, more than anything, I think for me, I'm always feeling that like even in church world. And again, I, some people have criticized me for this. Like I, it's very important to me how people feel when they walk mm -hmm. in our building, when they will walk in our auditorium. Um, and so again, I would just, I, I, again, I don't know. I'm sure there's a range of, you know, twos that feel that way. But for me, that was one of the significant things. If somebody, you know, um, relates to that, like I, I it's maybe, either you're a two or have a two wing because that is probably for me of primary importance. I never want it to feel weird right. for someone. And let's go back to what I said before. That does shape the way sometimes we do church here. Yeah. You know, I was well, just gonna, all, I, all the time it does. Yeah. I was just yeah. going to say, is that why your middle name is Martha? Right. Inside <laughs> right? joke. If you didn't watch the, if you didn't see the, uh, the go sermon, back and watch go it. back and watch the sermon about the twos. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a really, really good point. And, and I think, again, there's there's nothing wrong with that. I think we look at the Enneagram numbers when they're kind of at their worst or, mm -hmm. or they're displaying their traits because of being unhealthy. But the reality is there's nothing wrong with being like Martha and being like Mary. No. Right? As and that was my point yesterday time. in that message because I think Martha always gets a bad name. Like, oh, she just doesn't – she's just too busy. Right. I don't think Jesus saw it that way. Right. No. At least it's an interesting thought for uh, experiment for me to work through because she was doing her best to serve out of her gifts and out of who she is, and she right. wanted, and Jesus saw that in her. Yeah, I'm convinced of it. Yeah, well, that's the deer, right mm -hmm. before dear Martha. Um, but I think the lesson in that is that even for twos, we have to be intentional and purposeful about stopping. Yeah. And making time right. for sitting in reverence with God, like I said, right. um, because we are so chaotic, yep. and we are looking to earn God's love through doing works for others, and we know that that's not the case. Yeah, right. We already have His love. Yep. Thanks to Christ on the cross. Yep. So um, sitting in reverence with that, asking God for what we want, um, even if they're brief times of prayer, or even if it's just brief times of silence, taking a breath, listening to the quiet hearing what God has to say to us is is really important to be intentional about that. Yeah. Otherwise we can be just like Martha. Yep. Well, Adam, thank you. I our time like we again, we could we could talk about this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> um but again, honestly, that's the point of this whole yeah. message series is for people to go back. There's so many layers and you could talk about subtypes and you could yep. talk about but that's not the point. Our point is to, is to on a surface, just get real with ourselves. And we're hoping that people will take this information and you will take this and go back and just pray and ask God for wisdom and direction. And, um, because I really believe the better we know ourselves, the more we could be intentional with Absolutely. God and others, like you just said. So thank you so much for being our guest Welcome. today. Uh, like I said before, go to www.cthope.com slash Enneagram uh, for all things uh, resources in this series. And we will see you this Sunday as we talk about the Enneagram number four. Take care. <laughs>